0: Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, to seek Him in His temple. There's a Russian author um, centuries ago, Dostoevsky. There it is. <laughs> okay. And he said, um, he said this one thing. Well, he actually put the words in, in one of his characters' mouths, this prince. And this prince in his novel, The Idiot, says, Beauty will save the world. Beauty will save the world. As a four on the Enneagram, for some of you, that's kind of like pie in the sky, but that's gospel for me. I believe that with my whole heart, that beauty will indeed save the world. And this morning, we're going to be talking about beauty. And as I was journeying this week trying to hear from the Holy Spirit and get, uh, get a hold of his heart for us collectively, I was like, um, Lord, I'm just going to say... I don't need to convince anybody here of your beauty because everybody already knows that you're beautiful, Jesus. And I don't need to do that kind of work. And and I heard the the gentle nudge of the Holy Spirit. He said, no, no, not so fast, Evan. Some folks here this this morning need convincing. Need convincing that Jesus is beautiful. So I am going to try and convince you that Jesus is beautiful. For some of you who need convincing this morning that he is the definition itself of beauty. For others who don't need convincing this morning, you're already on board. You say, Jesus is beautiful. I'm experiencing the beauty of the Lord at home and at work amidst my coworkers and my family. Let this serve as a reminder and an affirmation that Jesus is the most beautiful. Jesus is beauty. Jesus is beauty, fairest of 10,000. Among thousands, he is beautiful. He is the most beautiful. From the very beginning, God was speaking beauty over us. Time and time again, in Genesis chapter 1, God creates. And when he creates, he calls what he creates good. And this is a poor English translation in the NIV and even the King James. When God creates something and he says, that there, that's good. He creates the fish in the sea. And I agree. I said, that's beautiful. He creates the animals on land. That's good. He creates human beings. He says, that's good. It's a poor translation. The Hebrew is beautiful. He creates. And after he creates, he calls what he has created beautiful, lovely, pleasant. So from the very beginning, God is speaking this, his idea of beauty into creation. He created all manner of beings because that was a more excellent way to express his infinite being. A being which could not be limited to a finite number of manifestations. Don't you love that? That's Thomas Aquinas. Aquinas. Our friend Dostoevsky once again said that beauty is the battlefield where God and Satan contend for the hearts of men and women. Did you love that? It's reminiscent of the 80s song, Little Pat Benatar, this morning. Love indeed is a battlefield. For the hearts of men and women, God and Satan contend because Satan knows that beauty will save the world. It's his beauty that draws us to himself. All men and women that draws all men and women to himself. But the world's understanding of beauty is jacked up. How many of you are well aware of that reality this morning? Whether it be social media filters, trying to jazz it up, glam it up to look our best for who? For other people? The world's understanding of beauty is jacked up. We mostly understand beauty in the terms of Of sexual encounter or whatever which which I guess is a part of it, redeemed eros, I guess you would say. It's a part of it, a huge part of it. Intimacy is beautiful, we would say. But the world's understanding of beauty is jacked up. We mostly understand it in a feminine type of way. The Hebrew word for beauty is masculine. Did you know that? Many words for for beauty in the Hebrew, Noam is one. Noam, it's beautiful. It's, it's a masculine word. It's reflective of who He is. We have a twisted understanding of what beauty is and what beauty means and what beauty looks like. And so this morning, I just sense the Holy Spirit like wanting to untie some of those knots, untwist some of those understandings about what beauty is, bless you, and who beauty is for and who is beautiful, to draw our hearts back to Jesus, beautiful. We settle for counterfeits, don't we? We settle for counterfeit beauty. We, we submit to the world's understanding of beauty, and in that we settle for so much less, whether we're trying to find beauty at the bottom of a bottle, we're trying to find beauty in a substance that we abuse, trying to find beauty in looking at pornography, we're trying to find beauty in the way that we want everything to be perfect around us and clean up our, our house. We look for beauty in all the wrong places, Eddie Murphy, Saturday Night Live. Looking for love in all of the wrong places. And there's no beauty there to be found or to captivate us to keep our attention for very long, huh? So what makes God beautiful? What makes Jesus beautiful? Beautiful. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture, and I think this sums it up. This is Paul talking to the church at Colossae, writing to the church at Colossae. And he's talking about Jesus. And this this passage has served to inspire me, to draw me near to who Jesus is, and recognize the beauty in him. Paul writes in verse uh, 15 of chapter 1, He is, Jesus is, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that everything might have its supremacy in him. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in Jesus, and through him to reconcile or buy back, redeem all things to himself. Whether things on earth or things on, in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Doesn't that just unpack the beauty of who Christ is? Of what he did for us? Everything that we find in him, everything that we see on him is beautiful. Beautiful. In Song of Solomon 5, which is commonly understood as a love letter to us and how God feels about us, we read this, the lover shares with the partner in wisdom how lovely Jesus is. Listen, Song of Solomon 5, this is who Jesus is and yet this is what Jesus is speaking over you and I this morning. This is a hinge point. My beloved is radiant and ruddy, handsome. My beloved is radiant and ruddy, outstanding among 10,000. His head is purest gold, his hair is wavy and black as a raven, his eyes are like doves by the water streams, washed in milk, mounted like jewels, his cheeks are like the beds of spice yielding perfume, his lips are like lilies dripping with myrrh, his arms are rods of gold set with topaz, his body is like polished ivory decorated with lapis lazuli, Any Minecraft fans out there? (laughs) I got a few of the Gen Z's there. I know about lapis. Come on. It's blue. His legs are pillars of marble set on bases of pure gold. His appearance is like Lebanon, choice as its cedars. His mouth is sweetness itself. He is altogether lovely. Yeah, amen. Amen. This is my beloved this is my friend daughters of jerusalem this is who he is this is who jesus is he's altogether lovely altogether lovely why does it matter if jesus is beautiful or not it does i'd beg the differ it does matter it does matter whether Jesus is beautiful or not. Because if Jesus isn't beautiful, we have no salvation. The end of the story, the end of the narrative, hinges on whether Jesus is beautiful or not. It matters eternally that Jesus is beautiful. If Jesus, think about it. The end of the narrative ends in the beauty of all things. And if Jesus isn't beautiful... The story does not end well. It all hinges. It matters that Jesus is beautiful. How amazing. It's beautiful in itself that the whole story points towards beauty saving the world in the person of Jesus. Wouldn't it be terrible if beauty wasn't the end of the story? But how beautiful it is that the story itself ends in beauty. Listen to this. This is St. Augustine. Here's what he says about the beauty of the Lord. This has been filling and fueling my heart all week. St. Augustine says this, God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness more powerful than human strength. Let us who believe, therefore, run to meet a bridegroom who is beautiful wherever he is. Ah, I love it. He is... Beautiful as God, as the Word who is with God. He is beautiful in the virgin's womb, where he did not lose his Godhead, but uh, assured us and assumed our humanity. Beautiful he is as a baby, as the Word, unable to speak. Beautiful while he was still without speech, still a baby in arms and nourished at his mother's breast. The heavens spoke for him. A star guided the magi. And he was adored in the manger as food for the humble. He was beautiful in heaven then and beautiful on earth. Beautiful in the womb and beautiful in his parents arms. He was beautiful in his miracles but just as beautiful under the scourges. Beautiful as he invited us to life but beautiful too in not shrinking from death. Beautiful in laying down his life and beautiful in taking it up again. Beautiful on the cross and beautiful in the tomb and beautiful in heaven. Listen to the song of Psalm 45 to further our understanding, Lord, and do not allow the weakness of his flesh to blind you to the splendor of his beauty. He is lovely in all respects. Jesus is lovely in all respects. Ah, oh. ah, oh, I wish I could convince you this morning that Jesus is the fairest among 10,000. I wish he could just walk into the room. We saw the chosen. Uh, the other night with friends of ours on the big movie screen, the, the big season finale, and they've done just such a wonderful job. And I, I, I walked out and seeing the actor who portrays Jesus, you know, give the Sermon on the Mount or preach, actually, when Jesus was preaching, I I, I walked out and I told my friends, gosh, you know, when he preaches, when Jesus preached, the character pre- of Jesus preaches in The Chosen, it just makes me feel like a hired hand. I wish you could meet him because it's straight from his lip. You know, we often, I, I teach the Bible, Jesus taught his words. And I wish he would just rush into the room this morning and reveal how beautiful he really is. Because some of us need to be unlocked this morning. Some of us need to be unlocked all of these things, serving in the projection booth, serving the poor, all of these activities that we are, um, that we are about and are good things here at the church, um, we shouldn't need to pull teeth because the beauty of Jesus makes volunteerism easy. Amen. When you believe that Jesus is beautiful, when you believe and live out with your walk that Jesus is beautiful, you'll do anything for him. Just to catch a glimpse of deeper beauty, always to be found in him. There's no length that you won't go to, to behold the presence of God. Because in his presence is fullness of joy and all things beautiful. He's altogether lovely in every respect. So what do you do in life when you can't discern what is beautiful or if God is beautiful? What do we do? because I hear some of you this morning. I hear hear you. I'm not just a floating head telling you what's right and wrong, right? I'm, I'm with you in it. And there's seasons where you're like, I don't really believe that. I don't really believe that Jesus is beautiful. I mean, after all, look at my life. Look at my life. I'm trying to kick an addiction that's been around my life for years, you might say. My family is estranged to me. I haven't talked to my son in 30 years. What do I know about beauty? My life isn't beautiful. I'm in darkness, deep darkest depression like every other day. It's hard for me to get up out of bed. What do you do when you can't discern beauty around your life? And I hope this next piece doesn't sound pie in the sky. I really think it's something solid that we can chew on. I really believe that. Please, please don't don't pack this away as like mm, that's just that's vague. It's it's intangible. I can't really touch it because I feel like this is this is this is where we can we can bank our lives on this morning. So what do you do? And the answer is, and I'm by no means a Bible answer man, but the answer is to let beauty captivate you. To let Jesus, the beautiful one, pursue you. To understand that his heart desires to be with you more than you desire to be with him. The longing for beauty is common to every soul on the planet. And it is deep. And it is insatiable with the things of the world. And God, Jesus the beautiful, makes us that way. Creates us that way. So that that hunger and deep longing will only be met with a hunger and a desire and a beauty that's beyond our own. He pursues you and I. He overtakes us and captivates us. And, and he thinks, as, as Bridget said this morning, he thinks that, that sentiment that we ascribe to him, that sentiment that we um, adore him with, you are beautiful. You are worthy of praise those in Christ know that He speaks the same sentiment over broken people like you and I. That you are worth saving. That you are precious to Him. Despite the things that you do. Despite the thoughts that you think. Those thoughts and those things that you do or were done to you. All of that And he still says, you're beautiful. And I made you. I created you. You're pleasant. He wants to spend time with you. There's never a time where he doesn't have time for you. Despite all of these things in your life, all of the circumstances, Jesus knows. He knows. He sees. He sees the trouble you're having with your son or your daughter. He sees the trouble you're having with your boss or your coworker. He sees the trouble you're having with your spouse. He sees all of it and he says, You, son, you, daughter, are beautiful and worthy of saving. Thank you. And I would add, that until we let this, his thought, his desire over us, until, until we let this permeate our lives, we'll never be unlocked. We'll always remain locked up in our hearts, in our minds. But how beautiful he is that he sees that lockedness, that twistedness, and because you, you are beautiful in his sight, he actually steps into space and time to make that transaction between stone heart and heart of flesh or unwind of the ball of yarn, you know, whatever your life is, that he loves you that much, that he steps out of space and time to meet you and transform you and I. Man, I'm getting a lot of them today. It's good, man. Amen. Love it. Keep them coming, bro. All right. I do say so. Keep them coming. Amen. Amen. It's not really about the words that I say. It's about his presence. It's about being undistracted this morning on his beauty. in the one thing that David talked about. One thing. One thing we ask, one thing we seek, to behold God. And so as we let God's beauty captivate us, as we're wrapped up in that, the question here is, do you experience the beauty of God? Are you lost in love with him? Are you lost in love with him? John Wimber, the founder of the vineyard, uh, loved saying, the way on is the way in. The way on is the way in. And what he's saying there, as I contextualize it for beauty, is that the way you fell in love with Jesus, whether it was all those years ago or even just last week, is the way forward. That's the answer you're looking for this morning. That's the answer I need this morning is that the way on is the way in. That's how I get in. We never move forward or past that. And that's again what makes Jesus so beautiful is that he sees and he understands and he never never makes it too complicated for you and I. He's not the one complicating your situation this morning. He's breaking it down and making it simple for a guy like you or me or 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 a sister like you or or an aunt like you or or a mom like you. He's always breaking it down for us and unpacking it and drawing towards us and revealing himself to us. He's initiating and the way on this morning for you and me is the way in. It's the way we got in. We fell in love with Jesus. It wasn't that you said some fancy prayer, was it? It wasn't that some preacher spoke some amen word. It wasn't an emotional worship experience. It wasn't anything like that. You know what it was? It was the beauty of Jesus that captivated your heart. That overwhelmed you. Remember for a minute the way in for you. Remember just pause for a minute for a minute and remember 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 how overwhelmed you felt when you first caught a glimpse of Jesus remember that remember when you were just like oh my gosh this guy was in every way like me yet didn't sin what beautiful Remember when you were so overwhelmed? When it landed, it dropped in your heart. That Jesus took that thing that you did, that sin that you committed, and and died on the cross, paying for it forevermore. Remember how that felt? Remember when you were like, what? Could there be anyone more beautiful than you? Remember how overwhelmed you felt when you first discovered you read through the gospel and Jesus revealed to you? You, you what? You walked out of the grave? You're the only one to do it? The firstborn from amongst the dead so that you could rise too? Ah, oh, Jesus, you're beautiful. Remember that? Remember how that felt? Yeah. To be overwhelmed by his beauty, to be captivated by his beauty. The way in is the way on. The way on is the way in. Brian Zahn, in his book, Beauty Will Save the World, said this. The lost beauty of God's good creation is what is recovered in the incarnation. The cross is the beauty of Christianity because it is at the cross that we encounter co-suffering and costly forgiveness in its most beautiful form. One more time. I'll do it slow and then we'll finish up. The lost beauty of God's good creation is what is recovered in the incarnation the coming of Jesus. The cross is the beauty of Christianity because it's at the cross that we encounter co-suffering love and costly forgiveness in its most beautiful form.